the Knott family mystery. Christmas Eve 2020, a family vanishes in the middle of the night. The front door left wide open, both cars in the driveway, the table set for dinner. The only clue left behind, a note saying they're acting of their own free will. Where did the Knott family go and why? I'm Dawn Christensen, and you're listening to the Knott Family Mystery Podcast about the unsolved disappearance of Ray and Carla Knott and their six children. Is the coast clear? Great. Welcome to the secret version of Untying the Knots. When you first consider changing your family configuration, whether it be divorce, legitimation, a custody action, and whether you thought about it on your own or your spouse has raised the issue, your brain gets filled with an extraordinary amount of questions and an extraordinary amount of emotions. I'm Dawn. And I'm Kristen. And we're going to be answering all your family law questions in hopes that it will help alleviate some of the unknowns you're wondering about. Welcome to Untying the Knots. Between the two of us, we have 45 years of legal experience. We've been involved in over a thousand cases, including our own. We've handled all types of issues involving families, including same-sex marriages, divorces, custody modifications, and child support. We've had clients who've been married and divorced to each other multiple times, and we've helped people who have been together for as little as two weeks and those who've been together for over 30 years. Our hope is that you use this podcast like a search engine by scanning through our show notes for the main Untying the Knots podcast or on the podcast tab of our website to see a list of every question that we answer. We will give you the exact time on which episode to look for in both the main version of the podcast and the secret version. Can I date during the divorce? Sure, if you want to blow up the whole process and make it (laughs) very difficult. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I think that's true. You know, this is a question as divorce lawyers we hate to hear because I feel like going, just wait. Just wait. Just wait. And I've actually told clients that, that if this is a serious person and they will be there when this is over. Look. Nothing is a bright line rule in family law. You've probably heard us say repeatedly, it depends and it's very fact specific. But there are situations where it really matters. Dawn and I deal a lot in high conflict custody cases. And the first thing that comes to mind for me is, look, you are now in a new situation where you and your spouse are living in different places. and, And while your kids are dealing with that transition, then the question becomes, well, can I start dating and have my my boyfriend or girlfriend over at the house with the kids and we all get along really well? Don, what do you think that is going to do in the divorce process? Well, you know, <laughs> I, mean, I how think it's w- going to blow it up. I think it's going to look, it's going to have their little line landmines everywhere. One, right. You're trying to get this this situation to a point of resolution. Exactly. And a sure way to get the other side not to want to resolve it with you is to make some questionable decisions in your personal life that may impact the children. Right. And then what it gives me as a divorce lawyer is I've got to defend that decision. Yes. And I got to take my eye off the ball which for you may be the parenting time schedule and the equitable division of assets to respond to allegations of 
He's dating during the divorce. This is bad judgment. And it's a red herring, but nonetheless, it's one that's going to take up a lot of space, can guarantee you that paramour, which is what we call it, the person (laughs) that you're dating, will probably be deposed. There will be a deposition taken of them. And most importantly, what we know about kids is they're they're getting used to it. It's hard and it's a transition. Um, It is not good to introduce the children to a significant other, particularly during the first year. That is a general rule. There may be exceptions, and there are times I've seen it work. But during that first year, it is not a good idea. One, if it doesn't work, they don't need another loss. Yes. At all. Yes. That's not good for them. And two, they're already dealing with so much just between the two people that they love the most in the world. So... Can you date? Sure. Am I going to argue that post-separation conduct of dating is irrelevant and shouldn't be considered? Yes. But you're going to spend a lot of money for me to argue that. Exactly. And what you could do is just wait and or if you got a date, please do it when you don't have the children. Yeah, I agree. And let's get through the process. Let's get through the process. I started dating someone during the divorce. I was thinking of taking her to Key West for her birthday. I picked out a beautiful set of earrings as a present. Can I do that during this divorce process? The answer is no. So, (laughs) and the reason I say that, so we talked about the impact it could have on custody. When it comes to the finances, look, if we're arguing over money, as your divorce lawyer, money is an issue in this case. How... Do I defend that you've now spent, oh, this money on your new lover traveling to Aruba, traveling to Florida, buying new purses or handbags or whatever it is for your new lover that look, there is no judgment on how people want to live their lives. But when you're under the microscope of the court and you're in this divorce process, you have to be very thoughtful about what decisions that you make and Spending money on someone who's outside of your relationship and furthering a relationship outside of the one with your spouse, the court will not look positively on that. And it may just make your case longer and more expensive because then we're dealing with issues that really are not the priorities that you've listed for yourself. Our job is to help you get to those priorities as streamlined as possible and bringing in extra issues like that, it does not help. And so so let me tell you how it's going to increase the cost. The other side's going to do a deep dive into your finances. Oh, yes. They're going to spend all kinds of time looking at your bank records, and they're going to get your airline statements. Yes. They're going to figure out who you bought tickets for, where you spent your money on. And, you know, the $5,000 necklace or the $17,000 boob job, it ain't going over well. How should I communicate with my soon-to-be ex? I think you need to be careful. (laughs) You need to be judicious. Yeah. And you need to remember that everything is evidence. Everything is evidence. Meaning there's somebody in a black robe that will hear it and or read it. And you showing your uh -uh (laughs) in your communication (laughs) with your exes will not look so good to you. It's not. It's not. I have clients who ask me this, and I really think it depends. I, I, I answer the question based on a couple things. I always say first, you know your spouse or partner better than I will ever know them. 
You know, you may not know everything they'll do. Obviously, you can't predict everything, but you know them better than I do. So you're going to have to use your judgment in some ways on how best to communicate. But I tell clients frequently, don't believe what your spouse or partner tells you during this process, particularly if you all are not getting along. Because I have many, and it's usually female clients, who have a partner who's telling them things, well, I'm going to get the whole house, I'm getting all the money, and my lawyer already told me, and your lawyer's not doing their job because my lawyer told me. Always. And that's why this is taking so long. And that lawyer of yours is just trying to get your money, and right. we just need to agree to something on the side, and this they're can be over. They're returning my lawyer's calls. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> oh, my that, God. Like, they're going to try to pay... Paint, plant seeds yeah. of of disgruntlement right. all along the way. Right. So I have clients come to me and say, well, he told me that this happened and you all should have sent this to me. And I'm like, hey, okay, this is the same person who was manipulating you during the marriage or that you were having conflict with. This is not the time to start taking their word as gold. <laughs> You've hired your lawyer for a reason. And you've gone through the steps we talked about with picking a lawyer who's going to be the best fit for you. You're going to have to trust that the information you get from lawyer is the standard and what your partner is telling you may or may not be true. And it may be to intentionally inflame you, get you off of your game in this process or to just upset you. So I usually say communication should be as limited as possible Unless in the rare circumstance that you all are pretty amicable and work together towards a solution. Obviously, if you have children, you will likely have to communicate much more. And that communication should be as healthy as possible. But in large part, I say keep the communication limited because you're now in an adversarial process. Right. And I, and, I, and I like to tell people two things. One, your spouse no longer has your best interests at heart. No. That's really hard to hear, and some people need to hear it over and over and over again. The other thing I tell them is, if you weren't able to convince her of this during the marriage, there are no amount of words that are con- going to convince her now. Right. And because they want to, they, so many people think reason and being yeah. rational will prevail. And, and you're here it didn't prevail. Exactly. And it isn't that we don't believe in rational communication and reasonableness. It's just that practically speaking, by the time you've paid a retainer to my office and I as the lawyer are having to communicate with his lawyer, you all have passed the point of being able to work it out together. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> because that's why you're here. I think there's two camps of people. We have clients who come and say they want an uncontested divorce, meaning they've already been able to work together and figure out how they want to dissolve those issues. In those circumstances, I think that's very different than where we are seriously in in heavy litigation, right? right? Those two camps of people are going to have different types of communication between them. Right. And I want to say about communication with your, your ex or your, the person you're separated from or the parent of the other parent of the child is that if you are in a custody case, um, when in doubt, talk to your lawyer before you communicate with the other side. And, yes. I, and, and until you get a sense conceptually about what's important. And let me give you some for instances. You got really young kids. Um you don't think the dad needs to see those kids, but maybe two dinners a week and, you know, six hours on Saturday. Well, 
that's really limiting. Yes. The research shows it's not great for kids and it smacks of something called gatekeeping, right? Which is, um, and it's restrictive gatekeeping, right? Where you're trying to control the other parent's time with the kids. So what you may need to do is work with your lawyer on figuring out, do you have safety concerns? Why are you thinking about that? If that's true, let's communicate that and let's come up with a more reasonable proposal or schedule or this week arrangement that we think can pass muster with the court. Right. Because you may say those things like they need to sleep in their bed every night. Right. The same bed they've been in their whole life. You can tell we've heard that a lot, right? And we've heard it a lot. And the judges are going to go, wah, 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 right. wah, wah, wah. Because you're starting a different life now. It's not going to be the same. Right. And it's necessarily going to be different. So I I think there's some custody issues where you can really benefit from talking to your lawyer before you even communicate logistics with your ex, particularly if your propensity is to withhold rather than open up. I just filed for divorce. Can I move out of my house? I really don't want to be here anymore. The short answer is yes, you can, but... There's implications to every decision you make because now you're in a divorce process. So some things to think about. One, I've had a client ask me, can I just move out of the house? I don't want to be in here with my spouse. It's not a good situation, but they have children. So one thing to consider, where will your children be when you move out? If if the goal is for you to maintain primary custody of the kids or if the narrative that that I'm understanding as your lawyer is that the partner of yours is not a good influence on the children or not capable of caring for the children, your decision to leave the home and leave the children at home with that partner goes directly against everything you're trying to prove to the court. And it, and it doesn't make sense, frankly. So that's something to consider. Um, Can you afford to live separately? Because if a divorce has been filed, remember there's a standing order in place and for example, if you're the one who has been paying the bills in the marriage, in the home, it may then mean if you move out, you're paying both of those expenses now. There's there's things to consider. And I think you have to consider, you know, I mean, can you move out if you think that you're, you're going to argue about custody? You would right. want to make sure that you had an agreement on a parenting plan right. because it puts you in an inferior position leaving the home and leaving the children. So there's lots to consider. Uh, That having been said, I do, I think it's the rare couple that can stay in a house together during the divorce process and not have it be harmful on the children. Yep. So they're hard decisions. You know, I'm going to talk to you strategically, Right. right? And I may advise you to stay there because strategically it helps you with your custody case. But you're the only person that can make the decision for those children. Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to kick my spouse out of the house? You can try. Right. But no, until there is a court order saying that that spouse has to leave. If it's both of your marital residents, I have cases often where... Oh, one spouse wants to change the locks on the other person so that they can get out. And sometimes it's for good reason, but it's still, you're married. It's still both of your legal residents. So until one person consents to leave or a judge orders that the party leave, you really can't kick them out. You can't file an eviction. Um, It has to be handled through the divorce process. 
And it's really unfortunate. And I know that that is a one of the first questions many, many people ask. Right. Because by the time they've come to us and decided they want to get divorced, they're ready for them to be out. Right. right? And it's like, well, buckle up because it, it, it could be a while, you right. know, particularly if they're kids, judges aren't <clears throat> going to rush to make a decision on who stays and who goes until they have a handle on what's best for the kids. Um, and the other thing is, if you get in arguments or scuffles over, you get out, no, you get get out, that is, we see often when emotions get high like that, and you're trying to push each other out, whether metaphorically or truly physically, then you're met with the police in a possible temporary protective order. And that's a great way for you to get kicked out of the house. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so be very careful. Move to the basement. Yeah, I was going to say as much as you can keep heads cool until you can get into court, which frequently can take 30 to 45 to 60 days, um, the better. This podcast will be updated every few months to reflect any development in the law and any additional questions you might have. If there's a question you haven't heard answered, email us at info at smithfileslaw.com and we'll add it to one of our updates. Please share this podcast with any of your friends or family who have family law related questions. If you are in the state of Georgia and would like to reach out to our offices, please call us at 404-909-8300 or email us at info at smithfileslaw.com. The content on Untying the Knots does not constitute legal advice or the practice of law by Kristen Files, Don Smith, or Smith & Files, LLC. Listening to the podcast does not form an attorney-client relationship between you and the podcasters. All listeners should consult with a qualified legal professional regarding their individual questions, needs, or issues that may be of concern. We are not responsible for any action taken by a reader based upon any information on this site. All of the content Content on the podcast is for general information and educational purposes only. Don Smith and Kristen Files are licensed to practice law in Georgia.